And now the next programme follows almost immediately in about ten minutes' time. <laughs> so before the next programme, which follows almost at once, uh, we're going to... Well, until it begins, I hope you will enjoy listening to a short selection of music from the student prince. <clears throat> We apologise for the loss of your programme, which is due to a technical fault. There's nothing wrong with our transmitter, so it must be your set. And once again, the Angus Prune tune heralds the arrival in your living room of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie. And here is your special announcer, John Otto Cleese. It's, I'm sorry, I'll read that again, again. Ah, oh, come in, Miss Chaffgrind. Consult the diary. What are my engagements next week? Uh, Monday morning, cocktails followed by lunch at Sparridge's. Yeah. Tuesday's your wife's birthday. Mm -hmm. Table book for lunch followed by Ascot in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, expenses put down as Pakistan trade delegation. <laughs> uh, nothing else, sir. Excellent, excellent. Uh, anything in the post? Oh, mainly routine, sir. Yeah. Mr. Ivor Boot of Messrs. Rhubarb and Boot Limited would like to take you out to lunch on Tuesday week. Mm -hmm. Consult the diary, Miss Chalkgrind. Oh, that appears to be in order, sir. Ah, splendid, splendid. Anything else? Uh, well, sir, there's a Mr. Fitzpatrick waiting outside. I tried to put him off, but he says he won't leave until he's seen you. Oh, dear. Well, you'd better show him in, then. What were you doing, sir, on Friday the 17th of July? Consult the diary, Miss Chaffgrind. Uh, business conference at Brighton. Double room booked for you in the name of Mr and Mrs Prune. Mrs Prune, sir, happens to be my wife, and I don't think very much of it. Consult the diary, Miss Chaffgrind. <laughs> you didn't think very much of it either, sir. <laughs> Keeper to see you, sir. Oh, thank you. Send him in, please. Uh, this way, please. Come in, Butterling. Sit down. There aren't any chairs, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're a troublemaker, Butterling. <laughs> now, since you joined this zoo just three weeks ago, Butterling, you have shown yourself to be an inefficient, lazy, vicious, foul-mouthed, lying, simple-minded little git, sir. <laughs> To be perfectly blunt, Butterling, I'm not entirely satisfied with the way in which you're carrying out your duty. <laughs> so I've asked you in here for a nice, friendly little chat with me, man to God, <laughs> to discuss some of the little difficulties we've been having and to fire you. <laughs> now, when you joined this zoo just three weeks ago, Butterling, so this was the second largest zoo in the whole of Europe. <laughs> we had over 6,000 animals. So all we have left is a rhinoceros, two hyenas, and a ferret with a wooden leg. <laughs> Where are the others? I don't know, sir. They're in the main street, Butterling, the main street. 
All except for the water buffalo. Where's the water buffalo, sir? In my bathroom. Oh. My wife found it there early this morning. She's a nervous woman, Butterling. The police caught her just 40 minutes ago. She was over 100 miles away, still running. She doesn't remember anything, and she thinks she's a potato. But the town, Butterling, it looks like a national game reserve. I mean, Butterling, how does anyone lose giraffes? People take them, sir. I, I don't think they mean to steal them. They just borrow them and forget to give them back. You're lying, Butterling. No, You're lying. No, I know all about your little agreement with the sausage factory. Oh. And the aviary, my little pride and joy, the aviary, Butterling. What have you done to it? I put all the birds in one cage, sir. Well? Vulture's looking very well, sir. I'm dismissing you as from today, Butterling. One of the baboons can take over for the time being. Now, for the rest of the day, one. Why aren't the hyenas howling? They've got laryngitis, sir. Well, get a record and show them how to mime. <laughs> Two, get the ferret out of the elephant's cage. Doesn't fool anyone. <laughs> Three, uh, can you impersonate animals, Butterling? Yes, sir, I can, sir. Well? Um, cluck, cluck, sir. <laughs> What was that, Butterling? That was, that was a hen, sir. Bow wow, sir. No, no, don't tell me, Butterling. Let me guess that one. That was a dog. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Butterling! This is a zoo, not a farm! Get out! It's five to one. Go and feed the animals. The animal. Oh, and Butterling, if there's a potato waiting outside, tell her I love her. <laughs> Many airlines now offer their passengers a film show, or at least a selection of recorded music during their flights. Yeah, it's only right. Yes, well, of course. But naturally, the smaller airlines can't afford such luxuries, and they have to provide a more personal service for the entertainment of their passengers. Hello. It's time for taking off. So what would you like me to start with? Now, if you look in the pocket in front of you, you'll find a comb and a dirty handkerchief. But if you look in the pocket of the seat in front of you, you'll find a copy of Fanny Hill. Please read it carefully, then you'll know what to do. Oh, and if you're looking for safety regulations, you won't find them. It's not that sort of playing. <laughs> All right, just relax and enjoy yourselves. And try not to giggle too loudly when I unfasten your safety belts. <laughs> now, here's your captain. Darling, you're on. Darling, you're on. Hello, hello, hello. This is your captain. How do you do? How are you? Is everybody happy, happy, happy? Now, if this is your first flight, don't worry. I know just how you feel. Ha, ha, ha. But seriously, I do apologize that we're not able to provide a film show during your flight, but instead, my navigator will be singing selections from Gilbert and Sullivan. Later, ten, later. And instead of the usual life jacket demonstration, the stewardess will do a few conjuring tricks, and I myself will give a display of aerobatics. What a happy plane it will be. Happy, happy, happy. There will also be a prize for anyone who can walk to the end of the wing and back without knocking off any of the bottles. <laughs> oh, yes, and when Stewardess Bentley comes out with a tea, keep an eye on her. She's a wonderful juggler and quite a little pickpocket. Uh, now, uh, those of you on the port side will be able to watch me doing a few tricks on my unicycle. So, bye-bye, and let's give a nice big hand for a lovely little lady doing her first show tonight, Stewardess Saluno! Ladies and gentlemen, if you look out of the window directly below us, you can now see 
the pilot. <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm afraid it's true. You may have thought this flight was going to Edinburgh, but I'm afraid it's raining near Rio, so we are, in fact, putting you down in Bangkok by parachute. But there's only one, so you'll have to take it in turns. Bags I first. So before I go, I'm going to sing a little song entitled She Was Only a Pilot's Daughter, But She Never Got Off the Ground. Excuse me, do you have any books about Genghis Khan and his associates? Well, yes, I'm sure we do. Uh, Are you particularly interested in the scourge of Asia? Tropical diseases hold no fascination for me, thank you, (laughs) all the same. It's Genghis Khan I'm after. Very well, sir. I'm going to shock you now. How? By telling you that I have reason to believe that I, Christopher Plumrose, am in fact a reincarnation of the aforesaid Genghis Khan. What have you got to say to that? I'm shocked. (laughs) Told you so. But, sir, I mean, what makes you believe that your claim is valid? Well, now, I first realised the truth of the validity that I am the great Khan when I had a mystic experience in this calf. I was staring, I was staring moodily into my milk and dash when I saw this face looking up at me. Well, reflection is possible, Mr Plumrose, even in milk and dash. A reflection of a Mongol warrior, completely fur hat and Charlie Chan moustache? Good Lord. That's just what he said to me. Good Lord. Good Lord, he said, I have appeared to you in this milk and dash to rejoice that once again your mighty bones are cloaked in living flesh. We, your loyal servants, send you greetings from the great world of cosmic cosmos. Then he vanished in a cloud of bubbles. Oh, why? I forgot myself and stirred the glass. (laughs) Mr. Plumrose, are you sure it wasn't a glass of something else you were looking into? Take that back, you dog, or your back will feel the weight of my sword, which has been reincarnated as an umbrella. (laughs) The Khan has spoken. (laughs) Authentic, eh? Very good, yes. Mr. Plumrose, if you are a reincarnation of Genji's Khan, I mean, why do you want to read a book about yourself? Well, I want to find out what I'm likely to do next and whether I can afford it on £8.10 a week. (laughs) Can I live like a Khan or can't I? Well, I mean, Genji's Khan, I mean, he got his wealth by means of pillage, murder, rape, arson. I don't think the wife would go for any of those. (laughs) What's the time? Well, four o'clock. Why? What are you going to do? Meet my little grandson, Kubla Khan, from school and get him home by half past four, or the wife will beat the living daylights out of me. You think you're Genji's Khan and you're frightened of your wife? Oh, yes, she's Queen Victoria. Good morning. <laughs> and now we present Bill Oddie, B.A., with the Dave Lee Symphony Orchestra and Just One of Those Things. It was just one of those things. No, not those things. Oh, sorry. Uh, One of these things. No, 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 no. Oh, these things? No. Oh, one of these things. Yes! It was just one of those things. That's right. It was just one of those crazy things. One of those spells that now and then rings Just one of those things It was just one of those nights It was just one of those fabulous flights A trip to the moon on gossamer wings Just one of those things If we thought a bit of the end of it When we started painting the town Paint, paint We'd have been aware That our love affair 
was too hot not to cool down. So goodbye, dear and amen. Hallelujah! Here's hoping we meet now and then. Hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. It was great fun, but it was just one of those things. Ah! It was just one of those things. Just one of those crazy things. <laughs> I took a hammer and nails and various bits of various people, and I made myself one of those things. But he came and ruined it all. He was one of those knights. Dear boy, I'm one of those fabulous knights, and I've come to slay your thing. No, no, don't touch it. It's not doing anyone any harm. Look at it. It's just one of those things. But he was determined. He said, this thing is bigger than both of us. And so he went and drove a stake right through my thing. I give him credit. It's not easy to drive a stake, especially on English roads. Ah, well, you know what they say. All good things must come to an end. So goodbye, dear, and amen. Shouldn't that be amen? Yes, hoping we meet now and then. Maybe you'll come and haunt me. It was great fun, but it was just one of those things. No, 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 not those things. No, I'm so sorry, one of these things. No! Uh, these things? No! Who are these? Ah! Yes! It was just one of those <laughs> Radio is rather like a magic carpet. You can't beat it! I have chosen to ignore that remark. So have the audience. Yes. Well, as I was saying, let us jump onto the magic carpet of radio and fly back through time to old Baghdad and sit at the feet of the ancient storyteller in the marketplace as he recounts to an enraptured audience tales of long ago. Prince on the beautiful white horse left the marble halls of the ever virtuous one and rode off to seek the promise of goodness and truth in the golden sands of the desert. That is the most boring story I have ever heard. <laughs> Tell us another one. Let's have a bit of smut, shall we? And listen, listen and be attentive. Many moons ago, there lived in Baghdad a mighty caliph, and he had a beautiful daughter whose name was Sheriz. Sheriz. Whose name was Sheriz. Whose name was Sally. She was more beautiful than the son, whose name was Mammut. Now, Sally was loved by one Alibaba. Actually, she was loved by two Alibabas. From far and wide, men rode to the cave of Ali to offer him their services. Oh, Ali, son of the merchant of Baghdad, I have heard men sing your praises, and I wish to join your band. Are you a member of the Musicians' Union? Yes. What can you play? Skittles. Ah, good. Then you can join my Skittle group. I didn't know you were a bowling alley. Oh, that, that's a very bad gag. Speaking of Baghdad... <laughs> I have come to ask you to help us to get rid of the wicked caliph. For is it not written that the moon shall engulf the rocky home of the white rat? Ha! But is it not also written that no man seeketh that which he hath found for longer than he first looks until he finds that which he never sought, lest he should lose that which he seeks ere he finds that for which he looks not and never finds? Aye, so it is written. <laughs> I'm very badly written. <laughs> 
Pray, let me ride with you. All right, if you pay my fare. No, no, it's against my principles to pay alley money. <laughs> anyway, it is written that one day you shall rule Baghdad. The caliph's daughter could be yours. Impossible. I've only known his wife for months. <laughs> then let me help you to depose the caliph and Baghdad will be at your command. I like it. I like your plan. What is your name? I am Omar Khayyam. Not the Omar Khayyam. No, that was my cousin Angus Prune. Why is he called... <laughs> Why for is he called Angus Prune? Well, we couldn't both be called Omar Khayyam, could we? Enough, enough of this hilarity. Hilarity. I, I will capture Baghdad and carry off the princess, and you, Omar, shall ride on my right hand. No, thank you. I, I prefer, prefer a horse. <laughs> anyway, this is the cave wherein live my 38 thieves. I thought you had 40 thieves. Yes, but two of them were stolen. <laughs> well, all I see is a pretty ordinary rock face. It's not just a pretty rock face. Watch this. Watch this. Open sesame. <laughs> And here come my 38 thieves. <laughs> Men! Yes, Ducky? This is... <laughs> this is Omar Khayyam. From now on, he's one of us. Mm, doesn't look the type to me. <laughs> Tomorrow... Tomorrow, we are going to Baghdad. Let's beg Mum well with it. Will you behave yourself? Come on, men, to Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> Cowards! <laughs> and so that night, alone, Ali and Omar Khayyam crept into Baghdad disguised as two sheikhs. A brace of sheikhs. <laughs> they were no great sheikhs, but they passed. Ali, where are we? I think we're in the perfume garden. No, that's my aftershave lotion. <laughs> quiet, quiet. I thought I heard something. Look, a carrier pigeon with a message tied to its leg. What does it say? It says, this is the leg of a carrier pigeon. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's something written on the back. So it is. Yes, yes, it says, this is the back of a carrier pigeon. <laughs> no, no, on the back of the paper, what does it say? I don't know, I don't understand pigeon English. Oh. Let me see, let me see. It's from the Princess Sally. It says... This is from the Princess Sally. Is that all? Wait, there's a P.S. What does it say? Psst. <laughs> Ali, look over there, a luscious eastern beauty clad only in a diaphanous veil. What is she up to? Omar, she's making eyes at me. <laughs> You had better ride back and fetch the 38 thieves. I smell trouble. No, it's just my aftershave. Step back to the cave. <laughs> All right. And while I'm there, I'll have a nice slice of rhubarb tart. Rhubarb tart? Don't tell me you've never heard of the rhubarb tart of Omar Khayyam. Now. <laughs> now to find the princess. Ah. Perhaps that luscious eastern beauty clad only in a diaphanous veil will be able to help me. Excuse me, could you tell me where I can find the Princess Sally? Yes, of course. She's in the palace. But she... Be warned, Ali. This is a trap set by the Caliph. But how do you know? Because I am the Caliph. <laughs> this diaphanous veil is merely a disguise. Of course. I should have seen through it at once. <laughs> Guard! Yes, Master. <laughs> 
take this miserable wretch and clap him in jail. <laughs> so much for Ali Baba, black sheep of the family. I wonder if he's any relation of the Barbars of Seville. Father, oh father, what will you do with him? Well, my dear Sally, in the morning I will throw Ali Baba to my alligator. Then I shall have an Ali Baba gator. <laughs> Can you be so cruel? Practice, my dear, practice. <laughs> that night in the dungeon, Ali was visited by the princess. She stayed with him for a good two hours. In fact, it was the best two hours she'd ever had. <laughs> but before she left, she told him of a plan for his escape. Ali, listen carefully. There's great unrest in Baghdad. Tomorrow at dawn, the peasants will rise up. Why so? Well, they're pretty early risers in these parts. <laughs> if I am to escape, we must get through to Omar and the 38 Thieves. Leave it to me. I get through to almost everybody. Have you a pencil? Why? I want you to take something down. Oh, Ali, behave yourself. <laughs> oh, oh, Sally. Sally. Pride of our Ali. <laughs> anyway, right. Write a message. Write a message on this piece of my turban. Omar, having a terrible time, Kayam as quickly as you can. I only hope it reaches him in time. Off you go and good luck. Next morning, by the alligator pool in the palace. Make way for His Highness, the Caliph of Baghdad, Keeper of the Peace, Peacock of the Orient, Moon of Baghdad, Defender of the Poor, MBE. <laughs> my people... Before I throw the wretched Alibaba to my alligator, my daughter, the Princess Sally, will perform the dance of the Seven Veils. Two pullovers and a pair of mittens. <laughs> Let the music commence! Rubbish. <laughs> it is I, Ali Baba, come to carry off the beautiful princess. Ali Baba, but how did you escape? Simple. Omar Khayyam sent me a hacksaw concealed in a rhubarb tart. Ah, and you sawed through the prison bars with it. You can't saw through prison bars with a rhubarb tart. <laughs> but where are your 38 thieves? They surround your palace. There is no escape. All right, but you'll never catch me alive. Farewell! <laughs> Great heavens! The caliph has jumped into the alligator pit. He's being chased round and round by the alligator. He's eaten him. By Joe, what a tasty alligator. <laughs> Ali Baba, you must rule over Baghdad now. Oh, no. Really, I couldn't, honestly. All right, we'll get somebody else. <laughs> but no story would be complete without a wedding and a happy ending. So... This story must remain incomplete. And with the Angus Prune tune, we wind up another edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. Thank you. The voices you heard were those of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie, 
The scripts were by John Esmond and Bob Larby, Graham Garden, David Lund and Bill Oddie. The songs by Bill Oddie and the music was provided by Dave Lee. The show was produced by Humphrey Barclay and Humphrey Barclay was produced out of a hat. <laughs> if you tune in again at the same time next week, you can hear John Otto Cleese say... It's I'm sorry I'll read that again. Again. Again! <laughs>